0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Being an avid indoorsman, anyway, what better way to maximize my time? And when it's 98 million degrees below zero here in the Twin Cities, hey, record another podcast. So lo and behold, here I am. It is Scoop Podcast episode... 198 being recorded on monday afternoon the 28th of january i'll go notes then i will bring you all the conversations or at least many of the conversations i had at least on the record at twins fest and the diamond awards going back to last thursday so this podcast will be heavy on the Twins, but I'll start with some Wolves notes. I got some Gophers notes, some Vikings notes as well. So hopefully you enjoy this particular episode. It is brought to you by MyBookie, MyBookie.com. mybooky.com. I'll tell you more about my bookie later in the episode. It's a great week to bet, obviously, right? I mean, think about Sunday, all the proposition bets you can make. Proposition bets galore. Or, hey, just the over-under or the point spread itself. So much to look forward to this weekend with the Patriots and Rams. I'll tell you more about my bookie in just a bit. But let's start with the Wolves. Like almost always, no particular order. I'll start with an injury update on Robert Covington. It is now, what is it now? It's 22 Two straight games that the Wolves have been down at least one key contributor, including Covington, going back multiple weeks. I'm told there's still not a definitive timeline for his return when talking about that knee bruise, that right knee bone bruise. So with no definitive timetable, we are still looking at some time. On the return pecking order, it sounds like Derrick Rose and Tyus Jones are the closest to returning. So that means Jeff Teague, he is dealing with... Left foot soreness, it's still a ways away. If I had to rank pecking order from my intel, in some order, it's Rose and Tyus. Maybe Rose just a nudge ahead, but Tyus making progress with his ankle sprain. Not a high ankle sprain, but that ankle sprain he suffered a couple weeks back in the loss in Philadelphia. So Rose and Tyus neck and neck then probably Teague, but I don't sense that Teague is, like, right on the cusp of coming back, then Covington. The NBA trade deadline is fast approaching February 7th. The Wolves are doing their due diligence. They have talked with a number of teams. In fact, I'm told they have now inquired with Dallas about Dennis Smith Jr. But, hey, it's that time of the year. GMs talk. They text. There's a lot of back and forth. Do I sense as I sit here on the afternoon of the 28th of January that the Wolves are close on any trade? No, I think they will take this thing up. My sense from my intel is they will take this thing right up until the February 7th deadline. There remains interest in Anthony Tolliver, who had a DNP CD on Sunday, which was a head-scratcher to me. He actually played really well in the comeback in Utah on Friday. The Wolves had a chance to win that game. Then they play Utah again on Sunday, and Tolliver was nowhere to be found. I do know that Detroit and Philadelphia, more than anyone are showing the most interest. But Houston, the Lakers, others have interest in Tolliver, but nothing is close on the Tolliver front. Randy Whitman was spotted at Target Center on Sunday. Randy Whitman will be around a bit more. It sounds like his gig with the Wolves is comparable to what he did last year for Frank Vogel and Orlando. It's a consulting gig. So him and Ryan Saunders go way back. They worked together in Washington. Ryan and Randy are close. Randy thinks the world of Ryan. Jerry Seasting is now on the staff. So Seesting, who's also close with Ryan, is now a full-time assistant coach. But Randy will be involved, the former Wolves head coach, former Cavs head coach, former Washington Wizards head coach. Will the Wolves add anybody on a 10-day? They certainly have gotten a number of calls from agents. They've talked about Cameron Pain. They've talked about Isaiah Cannon, some other guards, but it doesn't sound like anything is on the cusp of happening. But they are going back and forth daily. They do have that opening with the James Nunnally spot. So it would not be surprising at some point if the Wolves add anybody. But at this point, it sounds like the Wolves are getting a lot of the calls, a lot of these agents are looking for jobs for their players, not necessarily the Wolves reaching out with interest. As weird as it sounds, being down three point guards, it's not like the Wolves are a train wreck at that position. Jared Bayless, who I'm telling you, I wasn't even sure he would play any minutes for the Wolves. Jared Bayless, now he's only 30. I mean, Jared Bayless still has many years to go in this league. He's an unrestricted free agent after the year, so in all likelihood he'll play elsewhere next year. But Jared Bayless has given them good minutes. Then you think about Jared Terrell, who is here, the undrafted, Free agent they signed out of Rhode Island. He has played well. I'm told the Wolves beat out both the Raptors and the Hawks in the summer for Terrell. Now, they identified him early. That's a good job by the Wolves scouting staff. They brought him in for multiple workouts, got him comfortable at Mayo Clinic Square. So it really wasn't much of a competition after the draft, after he did not get drafted for the Wolves to sign Terrell. But it looks like, hey, he can be a shot maker. He's a player. I've always said there are more NBA players And jobs available. You think about Alonzo Trier of Arizona. Goes undrafted. Now he's a really good player for the New York Knicks. So when looking at this June... I think there's a decent chance Jordan Murphy of the Gophers, one of the great Gophers of all time. You Think about his rebounding numbers, just all around, right? All the numbers he's put up in his four years. I don't think Jordan Murphy is going to get drafted, but that doesn't mean his NBA dream has to die. He can just look at Trier. He can look at Terrell. He can look at many others. On The Gophers had a blast at Sunday's game against Iowa. took the seven-year-old. Droogie had a blast. Man, when... Both teams are making shots like that when the Gophers get out in transition, when they're moving the ball like they did. They are a fun team to watch. Daniel Oturu, the freshman center from creighton darham Hall, was out with a shoulder injury, different shoulder from the shoulder injury he had back in like mid to late April right after Creighton won state championship he was at an event in Oregon one of those Nike events and he hurt his shoulder underwent surgery it's the other shoulder it is not serious now whether he plays Wednesday night at the barn against Illinois is a bit up in the air I'm told he hurt his shoulder it wasn't in the Michigan game it was in practice on Friday but bottom line whether he plays Wednesday or not this is not a major injury this is not a long-term injury for oturu so good news if you're a gophers fan the gophers had a number of recruits at sunday's game i did spot junior forward dawson garcia of prior lake but i do know that jalen suggs of minnehaha academy star junior in fact all these guys are star juniors ben carlson of easter edge dane danger of park center and Kerwin walton of hopkins were all scheduled to attend. In addition, 2021 graduates, so that makes him a current sophomore at Minnehaha Academy. Big man Chet Holmgren, his dad played for the Gophers back in the day. Chet Holmgren was also scheduled to be at Williams Arena. In addition, a 2019 big man, a senior from right outside Milwaukee, his name is David Skogman, he got an offer. So he was at the barn on Sunday. The Gophers offered him Thereafter, he has offers from Rutgers. Wisconsin is kicking the tires on him. They have not offered him yet. Texas Tech had an offer out to him, but Texas Tech just got a verbal from another big man over the weekend, and he's got some mid-major offers. So the Gophers getting in a little late on Skogman, but hey, based on his offer list, they would have a chance. To get him, so they are trying to add to that two thousand and nineteen recruiting class. Trey Williams is the only recruit on board, but hey he 's having a good year. We had him on the podcast a few months back when he committed to the gophers good kid well spoken young man, so hopefully he can help, but yeah they 've swung and missed on a number of recruits, including a number of local guys when it comes to that 2019 class. Matthew Hurt of Rochester, John Marshall, one of the best seniors in the country, in all likelihood a lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft. He was at the game, but he was not there as a recruiting guest. He was there because his older brother, Michael, plays on the team. So he was in the family and friends section. By the way, it was weird that his brother was the only scholarship player to not play, and we've seen this. I mean, Isaiah Washington didn't play at Wisconsin – The big man, Matt Stockman, set out a recent game. What, the game at Michigan and Stockman was good on Sunday against Iowa. So we've seen this before, but it was a bit odd that Michael Hurt never got off the bench on Sunday against Iowa. I know that has some people scratching their heads. On the NFL, imagine if the Super Bowl was here in town this year compared to last year. There is a cutoff on temperatures and... I was talking to somebody who's good friends with somebody who was on the local Super Bowl committee last year. This person was telling the person I know incredibly well at a breakfast late last week that if the Super Bowl was here this year, the zip line would have been called. All those events on Nicollet Mall with the temperature dipping as low as it will go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, really Monday night into Tuesday, all day Wednesday, then all day Thursday with it warming up a bit. At some point on Friday, then into the weekend, but all this week, all these events, think about all the events last year, all those fun events that were outside Super Bowl week, they all would have been called off. That would have been an epic disaster. On the Vikings, I'm told Rick Dennison is still very much in the mix to coach the offensive line. As for Mobile, the Senior Bowl, I think I mentioned these names last week, but I'll reiterate them now. And, hey, maybe you didn't hear last week, so you'll be hearing this for the first time. I know the Vikings, Rick Spielman specifically, had sit-down interviews with offensive lineman Dalton Reisner of Kansas State and Bo Benshaw of Wisconsin. Also, Chris Lindstrom of Boston College, a guard, is very much on the Vikings' radar. Plus, I saw a note from, gosh, who had it? Was it a guy from Denver or Sports Illustrated anyway? Connecting some dots that Gary Kubiak, new Vikings assistant head coach, really likes Will Greer, the quarterback from West Virginia. So something to keep an eye on. I spent some time with Don Lucia, the former Gophers men's hockey coach. Last week, he is doing phenomenally well. His fundraising gig with the university goes through June. He doesn't know what he'll do thereafter maybe he's back for another year of raising funds maybe that's it he's got a place up in alaska he told me he's running more than ever he's lifting weights more than ever he's about to welcome him and his wife their fourth grandchild so certainly that keeps him and his wife busy but he just he looked like he was on cloud 9 that the coaching wear and tear is now over he is moving on he's in his early 60s he's in phenomenal shape so it was great to catch up with Don Lucia last week. On the Twins, all right, where to begin before we get to all my interviews? It was Robert Murray of The Athletic who passed along the note last week that the Twins made a multi-year offer to Yasmani Grandal before he signed with the Brewers. Here's where I can advance that. I'm told it was for at least $13 million a year. Had another person tell me over the weekend it was actually closer to $15 million a year for at least three years. So the Twins offered Grandal... Pretty good money. Now, it sounds like the Grandall camp really didn't offer much on the return end saying, hey, we are interested in coming to Minnesota. So talks never became advanced. While the offer was made, Grandall never seriously considered for whatever reason or reasons, he never seriously considered coming here to Minnesota. But nonetheless, Still noteworthy that the twins made a pretty impressive offer. It wasn't a hey, an all the way we're in through the roof type offer. We're offering you twenty million dollars a year. We're offering you a number that you can't refuse. But hey, when you're offering a guy thirteen to fifteen million dollars a year for more than two years, that's a pretty sizable investment. But Grandall went to Milwaukee one year, eighteen million dollars. So that's a name to remember this time next year when Grendahl is a free agent once again and Jason Castro is a free agent. So the Twins absolutely will be in the market for a catcher this time next year. Dan Hayes of The Athletic had the note on Monday afternoon, connecting some dots, connecting the Twins to Craig Kimbrell. It does sound like that there has been dialogue between Kimbrell's agent and the Twins. Now the question is, did the Twins initiate those talks or was it Kimbrell's agent? Because a lot of these agents realize that the Twins have, in theory... Money to spend when you take Joe Mauer and Fernando Rodney and Lance Lynn and Logan Morrison and Brian Dozier and others off the payroll that you have millions of dollars just sitting there in theory if you 're willing to have the same payroll as last year, so I do know that a number of agents have been proactive. Reaching out to the Twins before the Twins reach out to them. So the question is, did Kimbrell's agent initiate those talks? Which is entirely possible. Now, is there any traction on those talks? No. Also on Dallas Keuchel, I can tell you that Scott Boros has brought up the name Keuchel with the Twins. And Boros still has many free agents. Gio Gonzalez... Go up and down the list. Heck, he's got Bryce Harper. Go up and down the list of free agents he has available. So whether it's Boros, whether it's Craig Kimbrell's agent, whether it's other agents, they are looking at the Twins and saying, hey, in theory, you have money to spend. Are you interested? In my guy. Same holds true of some twins on the current roster. Remember, this time last year, the twins tried to extend Max Kepler, Byron Buxton. They had interest in extending Eddie Rosario. They had interest in extending Jose Barrios. They offered a number of their young guys contract extensions. Not great offers, and clearly none of the guys. Took said offers, but the twins were trying to be proactive this time last year. And Thad Levine at Twins Fest on Sunday hinted that hey, don't be surprised if during spring training we announce that we've extended a guy or two. The one guy before anybody else I would look at is Jose Barrios. That the twins feel like, hey, all star last year, his future is very, very bright. If the twins can strike a deal, Barrios has new representation this year. Wasserman, so different agent than last year. So I'm just telling you. Now, Levine said maybe a couple guys. I don't know who else in particular. I know there's no traction on Kepler. Kyle Gibson would love to be here long-term, but there's no traction on Gibson. So I can eliminate some guys but i can just tell you barrios would be the guy i would look at more than anyone that the twins would love to extend jose barrios i saw martin perez at twins fast on friday i'm sure he was there all weekend now technically the twins haven't officially announced the perez signing but when they do he'll slide into their rotation so it looks like fernando romero and alberto mejia who's out of options Mejia out of options We'll start the year fighting for bullpen jobs because the rotation in no particular order. Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda, and Perez with guys like Latell, Gonsalves, and others waiting in the wings. Cole Stewart as well. So Romero and Mejia in the bullpen at least for now. Now on Perez, I'll be curious to see. Now the Twins are giving him just over $3 million. I don't have the exact figure, but it's right in that ballpark. Drew Pomerantz signs with the Giants. Now, he'll get more than 1.5, but it was announced as a $1.5 million deal for one year. He was pretty good as recently as two years ago. Not last year, but two years ago. I can tell you the Twins never had even an iota of interest in Pomerantz. And I get it. It's unfair comparing National League to American League. But that's one thing I'll be watching this year, how Pomerantz does with the Giants compared to how Perez does with the twins because if the twins had any interest in pomerantz they easily could have gotten him but clearly perez is their guy that levine has the history of perez going back to their texas days together before we get to my conversations from twins fest with owner jim polad and many others let me tell you about my bookie mybookie.com remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me guys they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. My bookie is slammed with new betters. So that's all you need to know, right? If they're slammed with new betters, you know they are a reputable business. So they're slammed with new betters. so they want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Also, you join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP, SCOOP, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie.com. Dot .com today heading into a fun football weekend, the football weekend of the year if you have an opinion, a strong opinion, one way or another, use mybookie mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. It is my bookie. All right, here is my conversation from a Twins Media Luncheon on Friday afternoon with owner Jim Polad. Is this almost for you, the unofficial start of the season with Twins Fest, with the caravan wrapping up, with the guys sitting down to Fort Myers here pretty quick?
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's really, the Twins Fest, and uh, I didn't participate in the caravan, so I can't claim to have done that. But for me, it's the Diamond Awards last night, and that Twins Fest follows right after that, and that is the kickoff of the season. What is your excitement level at the start of the season? Well, I think I'm like all the other 29, you know, people that are involved in this. We're all very excited about. There's a lot of optimism on every team's part, but there's, I believe, particular optimism on our part. Why does that optimism exist? Because you guys did only win 78 games last year. Yeah, well, that was last year. Now, you know, there's been a lot of changes since last year, and there's been additions both at the managerial coaching level. And in the players' level, so, and I think that there's some players that are poised to, you know, have much better seasons than last year. Who are some of those players? I mean, are you talking about in particular? Maybe Sino and Buxton? Yeah, we know everybody knows who were, you know, the two primary ones that you just mentioned. That's for sure. But there's a lot of other young players. There's Kepler. There's Rosario Polanco. And not that they did had bad seasons, but they can do. I'm sure their ceiling is even higher than it was last year. And then you talk about the additions. I mean, guys like Scope, Crone and Cruz, your lineup should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, some of those players, you know, we believe there's ups, a huge upside with some of those players. And, you know, just always, all we can do is hope that they realize it. On the cruise edition in particular, what was your involvement? I mean, do you just get a phone call at the very end saying, hey, we want to extend him an offer of one year, you know, $14.5 million guaranteed, or were you involved the whole way through? Well, I think it's somewhere in the middle of that. I mean, I certainly knew that there was ongoing discussions, and they kept me up to date as to where they thought they were progressing. You know, it is relationship building with, these, with a person like Nelson Cruz, who's an established veteran, you know, and a lot of respect in the league. And so it takes a while for Derek and Thad to develop the relationship to convince, uh, not convince him, but, you know, make the offer, the opportunity compelling, both financially and competitively. How much will you guys miss Joe Maurer? Well, I, you know, that remains to be seen, but personally, I will miss Joe Maurer a ton. And, I mean, both on the field and off the field, right? F- for sure. I mean, you think
0: about just on the field, though. I mean, he could still hit. I mean, if he wanted to play another year... You know, you think
1: about the concussion, the the last concussion he had in Anaheim in May. But, I mean, that back could still play. I think he could. You You could probably make the argument that Joe Nathan could still play, too. Are you
0: excited to see how he... No, I'm not so sure about it. Yeah, no, I don't know about Jerry. You know, actually, speaking of that, let me, let me go down that road with you. I mean, what do you think about that time going back to, to May of 06 and what your dad's involvement was and just the process to get this ballpark built?
1: Yeah, I don't know if people want to hear about that kind of stuff as much because it's, you know, often about the team and how we do. But that, you know, for me, that whole ballpark thing was a huge part because it's all part of the experience of being here. Uh, being in Minnesota, being a Twins fan. And the ballpark is huge, and I loved it. And, you know, it was a major accomplishment that Jerry spearheaded. It took a long time, but I, I believe that the prevailing opinion would be that it was well worth it. And what about some Joe Nathan memories? I mean, I guess the only thing I'm thinking is, I wish he would have gotten a ring here. Yeah, I'm sure he does, too. Well, we all do, because, I mean, let's face it, 91, 87. They're fading into the background. They're becoming, in some terms, ancient history. So we need to update that. And I'm sure in the 2000s, Joe Joe Nathan would have loved to be a part of that, as would we have. This is a wide-ranging question, but where do you stand on, on the health of the game right now? How healthy is is baseball right now? Well, ba- baseball is definitely healthy. I think the focus of everybody is to make it even better, not make it more healthy, but make the game better, make the experience for the fans better, and make the experience for the players better. Uh, and but other than that, uh, there's no fundamental unhealth. What
0: about though? I mean, I look at like how does. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and these star free agents, they're still sitting
1: there on January 25th. That, to me, is mind-boggling. Well, I think, you know, I'm sure there's stuff going on that I don't know about, but, uh, you know, these are big-time players that want big-time contracts, and so I think that's what their objective is, and so they have to find the right home for that. I mean, are you almost like a fan in that regard? Do you ever call Derek and Thad
0: and say, hey... I mean, with these guys still out there, hey, why don't we make the phone call and see what it would take to bring those guys here?
1: No, I think, you know, I, I, nobody knows for sure, but I think both Derek and Thad, and as a result, me, have an idea of the, you know, and it's really the term of these contracts that, you know, becomes a real issue for people, and for me in particular. I, I, don't, I don't mind saying that. So I mean, when you're
0: talking term, I mean, you just don't feel comfortable giving any player an eight-year deal or a nine-year deal.
1: I don't think so. I mean, you're you're you know, when you do that, you're so thinking about not the eighth or ninth year, you're thinking about the first year. But in reality, there is year eight and year nine. These guys are what 26. So even at the age of 34. Is it that bad? No, I mean, this is a different environment now with some of these free agents becoming free agents at such an early age. So that does change it, different than if you were talking about a 30-year-old player with an 8- or 9-year contract.
0: Maybe after this, what's it
1: been like getting to know Rocco? Is he just the ultimate relationship builder? You know, I, I don't have as much a relationship yet with him. I was involved in the interview process and felt really connected to him right away. But, you know, it's going to take time for me to have a relationship with him and a lot of other people, too. But we're confident. But even in that process, I mean, did you get the sense that that he's got this way about him, that he can really connect with people? I'm saying because we connected right away, and I don't think that was my doing. I think it's just the way he is. He's a connector.
0: The headlines from my conversation with Twins owner Jim Polad, he's not a big fan of giving out long-term deals. And it's pretty clear whether the conversations were initiated by the agent Or the team made the call, but they know what it would take to sign Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. It's not going to happen. Those guys are not ending up here, but to suggest the Twins don't have a sense would be incorrect. They know. Jim Polad knows. Derek Falvey knows. Thad Levine knows. Also, I brought up The name Joe Nathan with Jim Polad because it was just a few minutes prior at this luncheon I was at on Friday that the Twins made the announcement that Joe Nathan and former team president Jerry Bell will enter the Twins Hall of Fame in early August. So I brought up Joe... Then Jim brought up Jerry. Speaking of Joe, I actually caught up with Joe Nathan soon after my conversation with Jim Polat. So here's my talk with the newest member of the Twins Hall of Fame, one of the great closers in Major League Baseball history. Heck, you look at his numbers. I mean, he's top 10 in many statistical categories. So it is not a stretch to suggest that Joe Nathan is one of the better closers of all time. Here's my conversation with Joe Nathan. Joe, just take us through. I mean, you touched on it up here, but what was that phone call like? I mean, when you look at your cell phone and it rings and you see what, Minnesota Twins are. St. Peter, or maybe it was Rod Carew.
2: I mean, what's that like? Yeah, I knew Dustin was calling me, and like I said, I thought the conversation was going to be uh, about Joe Mauer Day, and we were going to talk about it. Maybe, maybe go over details. I had no idea what he wanted to talk to me about. But then, uh, you know, then Dave St. Peter's on the phone, and I'm like, man, this is getting stranger and stranger. I don't know what's going on. And then they say, hey, we got another member on the phone, and he'll introduce himself. and you know, once Rod started talking, I knew who it was, and I was like, all right, something's up here, and, you know, then he tells me the news, and uh first of all, it was just a tremendous honor just to have a conversation with him, and then, you know, he drops the news and say I'm getting put into the Twins Hall of Fame. It was just, uh you know, to say it was an honor is, is definitely an understatement. It was way beyond that, and, you know, having a chance to continue to be a part of this organization and the twins family is is the best part of it all So, were you even aware
0: that you were on the ballot that the twins hall of fame existed
2: uh yeah because i've i've been here and and have experienced other guys going in uh before games and you know we always try to get out there for those whenever we hear uh somebody's being inducted we try to get out and be on the rail for them and and honor them so uh i knew it was a uh, I knew there was a Twins Hall of Fame, but I didn't know exactly how many years you had to wait okay. after you retired. Uh, I knew I was—I was—I'm coming up on two years retired, so I, I guess that's the eligi- el- eligibility uh, year is about two years. I because
0: I mean, you had to know, right, numbers-wise, that whenever you were
2: eligible, you were going to get in. you—you uh, you don't ever think you're going to get into a Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I don't think that's ever something we play for uh so it's never something that really crosses our mind it's not like we're out there going "Ah, i hope i make the hall of fame you know when's that phone call gonna come so um were the numbers there i hope um you know i know uh rick aguilera is in so i'm i'm excited to uh to join him and i know he put up uh fantastic numbers so i know i knew comparable with him uh so you know when the phone call came i was happy
0: is there any regrets? I mean, me personally, I thought some of those teams, the 06 team in particular, Yep. right? And you guys just, it was three and done against the A's after you finished 71 and
2: 33. But
0: there was a part of me that thought, gosh darn it, you guys should have at least won one playoff
2: series. That was, uh, in all of our minds, that was the one that got away from us. Um, you know, that was the year Johan won Cy Young and won the Cy Young. And he might not have been our le- best left-hander in the rotation at the time. Uh, because Liriano was throwing the ball so well, um, you know, I I think we came into Game One with with a lot of confidence, and I think we got kicked in the mouth uh, when they when Zito beat Johan in Game One, and I think that really really deflated us.
0: But then even O nine ten, I mean, was there a thought that somewhere thereafter, even after the 0-6 disappointment, that maybe you guys could make a run?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we had a good team, and you know, we were confident. Um, But we also knew we had challenges. Uh, That 0-9, uh, you know, we talked about that, game 163, probably one of the best games I've been a part of. But at the same time, we had to grind that game out. And a lot of us used pretty much everything we had in that game. Then we had to jump on a bird. I think we got to New York uh, like 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and had to play that next day. So um, we were hoping That uh, adrenaline would would ride us through that series. Unfortunately, we're playing, again, uh, a Yankee team that was very tough to beat at the time.
0: And what do you recall about your final year here, 11?
2: And was your last appearance, did you go back out and get the dirt? Take us through the dirt story. Uh, That was in the Metrodome. Uh, our last game at the Metrodome, uh, I took dirt from there and, and sprinkled it on the mound here. Uh, tried to bring over some magic from the Metrodome and, and hopefully bring some luck here, uh, you know, for us and for future teams to come. So um, my last year here was 11, and it was a grind year. You know, it was it was definitely a, a, a a year that I'd I learned a lot about myself, uh, struggled uh, coming back from from Tommy John. I struggled early and was able to finish up the year strong. So uh, that really gave me confidence uh, going into 12 and 13, unfortunately, with the Rangers and not with the Twins. But it uh, really gave me confidence to finish that year off strong.
0: I mean, on the dirt, I mean, just so many special memories at the Metrodome. That's why it was important to bring the dirt over here.
2: It was, you know, that Metrodome was a great place for us, um, treated us so well. We played so well there. Uh, I think our team just we we fit that mold for that place, and uh, you know I just for us I was just like man I hope I could bring whatever I can into this so we can play just as well.
0: I'll leave you with this: Did you cringe a little bit at Rocco's first part of the answer about whether he has a closer or not? I mean, do you like guys having defined roles? And and I get it. I mean, maybe they don't have a you know true closer here, but how important do you think it is for guys to know, okay, I've got the ninth inning, I've got the eighth inning, and would it make some sense to designate a guy like Trevor May or Trevor Hildenberger right now, hey, you're my ninth inning guy?
2: Yeah, I think, well, I think he can go in the spring um, with that more that you're going to be a late inning guy, let me see where you guys are at. In the spring, it's fine, because guys aren't really throwing in the ninth inning in spring throwing in the eighth inning in spring not until maybe the last couple of games anyway um so you could do that then i think after that i mean your closers unless you know if you have a setup guy a closer and stuff like that for me i know i did better knowing that i needed to prepare myself and be ready for at earliest the eighth inning until the playoffs, then everything's out the window. Then you get yourself ready, period. But throughout the season, when you know you need to be ready at this time and mentally you go through whatever you need to do mentally to get yourself ready, and when that phone rings, whether it's you know the at home, whether it's the bottom of seventh to get ready for the eighth or bottom of the eighth to get ready for the ninth, um, you know when that phone rings. There's no question, like, who is it? Who is it? You know that phone rings. You're getting up. You're getting ready. So, for me, that does help. Um, But it's also going to be one of those things where he's right with matchups. I I think earlier, you know, maybe that seventh, eighth inning, you can play more of those matchups. But I think think he's going to want to, and I think the guys are going to want to know who that closer is, to know who's the guy, like, all right, the buck stops here. Like, we're going to win or lose with this guy on the mound.
0: I got the solution. Just tell the twins right now on camera they need to sign Craig Kimbrell. Well I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Does it surprise you though the landscape that, that a guy like Kimbrell, one of the greatest closer yeah. of all time, here on January twenty fifth, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, that these guys are still
2: available? Yeah, there's I, I don't know what is going on with uh, you know, with the markets and stuff like that. I don't even want to dive into it, but you know, to see, you know, basically our the three top free agents that are out there right now, um, and I will put Kimbrel obviously in that mix. Uh, for him not to have a have a job right now and not know where he's going in spring training, starting in a couple weeks, uh, three weeks, I believe, um, it's scary for him. You know, because I know for myself when I'm preparing, you know, I, I'd like to have my where I'm where I'm living in spring training, where where I gotta fly, get my flight, get everything set. So now I got to worry about is concentrate on working out, get my arm ready, throw my bullpens, get down to spring training and go. So right now he's he's probably stressing a little bit.
0: Always a media good guy, Joe Nathan entering the Twins Hall of Fame in August. We'll get to new pitching coach Wes Johnson. We'll get to C.J. Crone. We'll get to Nick Gordon. Brief conversations with Michael Pineda and Fernando Romero. But let's now get to a brief chat I had at the Diamond Awards on Thursday with Max Kepler then we'll segue into a conversation with Alex Kirilov the Twins minor league player of the year could start the season at AA if he doesn't start at A, he'll be at AA Pensacola soon enough and if you're at A, you're knocking on the doorstep of being in the major so Alex Kirilov maybe more so 2020 but Alex Kirilov is on a path to join the Twins at some point in the foreseeable future but let's start with max kepler twin starting right fielder even though it's about 98 below outside you excited to be in town is this sort of the unofficial start of the 2019 season in some ways
3: yeah so to say i mean we have a couple weeks left and there's still some stuff to work on for sure um away from you know the season but yeah we're here we're in minnesota um my hands go numb 10 seconds into going outside which is crazy but um yeah, I'm embracing it all and happy to see, you know, familiar faces and meet new people. Is the award you're getting tonight for, what, best defensive player? Yeah. Yeah, best defensive player. Um, it's a big one. I mean, that's something I've always focused on, you know, in my career. You know, defense has to be down. Um, and, yeah, I I guess it's paid off for one year, but, you know, got to keep it rolling. So, How will you keep it rolling on the offensive side? Um, There's always stuff to work on hitting-wise. Uh, for me, especially it's it's more of the mental aspect of hitting um i worked on some stuff tinkered uh with my swing last year you know on launch angle and all that and um got some results um you know that i wouldn't say i was completely satisfied with but um you know the mechanics are there it's just you know mentally knowing what to do and having a plan in each at bat um and yeah actually you know executing and just sticking with it throughout the whole season you know even when you're going through some slumps and stuff, you just got to stick with it and not doubt and, you know, okay, I have to try something new now because this isn't working. So, um, yeah, just sticking with it and being confident in yourself. Is the tinkering ongoing or are you done tinkering with your swing? Uh, the tinkering is done in the offseason. Um, during the season, it's mainly just, you know, keeping myself positive. My teammates uh, in good vibes and good spirits. Um, and, yeah, tinkering and mechanics is usually left in the offseason. How well have you gotten to know Rocco Baldelli? Not too well yet, but I'm eager to talk to him during this Twins Fest and, yeah, spring training. I mean,
0: and there's, you know, always when, right, there's a new manager, I would think that there's got to be
3: this, you know, renewed energy level. Yeah, I am very intrigued, you know, to see, you know, what the whole team has to offer, you know, this year, you know, as a, as a collective unit. Um, but, yeah, we have a great guy leading it. I spoke to him briefly. You know, we're busy out here um, right now, but um, I think, you know, it's it's going to be a, a whole new look for for the better this year
0: I mean do you have a sense I mean and there still might be some roster tinkering but do you have a sense that the roster that you guys currently have can be more like the roster we saw that went to the playoffs a couple years ago versus the team that and not that 78 is bad but that only won 78 games last year
3: yeah I mean I believe every year we have a chance um you know that might be a cliche answer but uh yeah this year's looking really good if we can all stay healthy positive um and you know keep each other strong. And like I said, in good spirits, we have a really good chance. Um, yeah, we just got to start on the right foot. Are you excited to see some of the
0: additions on the offensive side, whether it's Scope, Cruz, and Krohn?
3: Yeah. I mean, the lineup looks healthy. It's 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 stacked for sure. Um, and I'm sure the pitchers will do the a good job too.
0: What's it like? I mean, I just got done talking to Alex off. When you think about Alex, you think about Larnick, you think about Rooker, there's some guys that that play the corner outfield in the system that are they're trying to climb the
3: ladder they're trying to take your job <laughs> well that's that's the name of the game you know it's a business um and i i root for for all of them you know that was me back in the day too um and all you can do is really go day to day put in your work um and make the most out of it uh but i'm happy he had a really good season and um, i wish the best for him were you happy with the arbitration process that you don't have to go to some arbitration hearing here in a couple weeks yeah very happy um and happy for my fellow teammates that also got that done and dealt with um but yeah that's that's just a, a little part of baseball you know what happens on the field is what really matters so
0: i also caught up with alex Kirillov at the diamond awards on thursday is this your first twins fest or were you here a couple years ago for one
4: i was here last year and last year was my first twins fest so we're happy to be back yeah i mean what's the excitement level and you even get an award tonight i uh, work ecstatic. um we loved the event last year, and I, I was I wasn't doing the Diamond Awards last year, so we're excited um, for the award and what the night holds. So um, hopefully it goes good. We're
0: happy to be here. What do fans most often tell you when you run into fans in person? What do they oftentimes tell you? Uh, they just say that usually they're um,
4: you know happy to see me play, and they like the way that I play, which is um, extremely flattering to me. And um, you know as a player as a player I just, you know, try to give it my all every single night and um, you know, I, I leave it up to the fans to decide um whether they like that or not. But, you know, it's it's my goal in mind to give it a my all so um I, I just try to do my
0: best. How do you one up all the success you had last year?
4: I don't try to one up it. I just look at this year as um as that I had growth and I try to do the same for next year. Just try to continue to grow and learn and um to better myself as a person player and um wherever that takes me um if i if i do grow usually i'm pretty happy about that
0: you have a sense yet whether you start at double a or you start back in fort myers
4: um not completely i I hope i start you know at the next, next level but um that's not up to me so we'll find out at the end of spring training to uh see
0: where i go You've been grinding pretty good. Did I see some pictures in the last few days? You down in Fort Myers with Royce Lewis and some of the guys?
4: Yeah, we had a strength camp last week, and um, you know, come around November, um, I really started to kick up my training again, and and uh, I love it. I love the process of of getting better and, and get ready for the next season. So we're really excited about it. When you say get better, I mean, can you get better? Where do you need to get better? I just try to work on all aspects um, you know as an athlete and a competitor you 're always trying to get better um, in all aspects, and so um, I just try to do that and work hard and, and prepare for the next season
0: you go after this What was the thrill
4: of, of winning a championship last year like it was awesome um, you don 't know how many times you get to do that and how many, op- how many opportunities you get to play for you know, a championship, so to be part of the group of guys that we had in Fort Myers was was special and it was definitely a fun season
0: yes indeed Alex Karoloff helped lead the Fort Myers miracle to a Florida state championship Florida league state championship last year Alex Karoloff the twins minor league player of the year he did get an invite to twins major league spring training so I'm telling you he is knocking on the door of joining the twins maybe more realistically in 2020 but definitely a name to know Alex Kirillov, also a name to know. It was a bit of a roller coaster last year. Great at Double A, not so great at Triple A. But he's still only 23 years old. He was the Twins' number one draft pick in 2014. He is the younger brother of D. Gordon, the son of former reliever Tom Gordon. It is Nick Gordon. He plays second base and shortstop in the twins organization here's my conversation from twins fest with nick gordon this isn't your first rodeo first twins fest but you excited to be here
5: i am every time i come it's great man the people are great you know it's good to see the guys you haven't seen them for a while so it's definitely great
0: as you look back at your 2018 season some ups some downs but what stands out to you
5: uh learning you know it was definitely a learning curve you know and it 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 was a struggle at first you know and uh but there's a lot of things I learned, you know, and, and numbers don't always have to be there right then, you know. But it's definitely some things you learn, and you'll turn it around. So they'll get to where they have to be.
0: I mean, is it a significant jump, Double A to Triple A? Uh,
5: you know, it just takes a lot to be able to be into the game. You know, you gotta, you have to, you have to stay on top of your stuff. You know, you gotta definitely, you know, think the game rather than just play the game. So for me, you know, that was definitely the biggest jump.
0: What are some goals you have this year?
5: Uh, you know, stay healthy is definitely always a goal, and you know, just be consistent you know go out learn every single day if i can learn everything that i possibly can learn in this game you know i want to be a student of the game so
0: we settled on a position for you i mean is it second base is it shortstop
5: it is wherever i can get on the field you know for me man i just want to help the team win so wherever i'm needed is where i'll be so
0: i mean are you most comfortable though is it a stretch to say shortstop i mean that's just your bread and butter
5: i've always played shortstop you know uh definitely i've always played shortstop but uh playing second base if you can play shortstop you can play second base so you know it's uh it's about being athletic it's about trusting yourself and you know knowing that you can play the position so
0: is the idea you'll start at triple a and hopefully you get off to a great start and is the goal i mean maybe mid-summer you're up here
5: oh you know uh i'm not exactly sure of of, you know any timelines or anything like that but it's definitely you know for me going and working hard you know and like you said getting off to a great start you know and uh from there on, you know, it, it's kind of out of my control, and all I can do is play the game, and that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I'm excited to get back out there and get on the field. So,
0: Some people forget how young you still are. But you were taken out of high school because you were taken so high, a lot of people are like, ah, Nick Gordon should already be in the majors. But I think some people forget how young you are.
5: Uh, you know, I guess you, people have their opinions, you know, but uh, that's what we live for. You know, we're professional athletes. You know, people are going to say what they have to say, and the pressure's on. You know, but uh, that's what you live for. That's what you signed up for. And you know, younger not. Once you get here, everybody's the same. So, you know, to me, age isn't really a number. You know, it isn't something that I. You know, I, oh, I'm too young so to be. No, no, no. Not necessarily. I just, for me, it's about when you're ready to be there, you'll be there. So,
0: what are some things you've been working on with dad, with your brother, with others this off season?
5: Uh, getting stronger, of course. But you know, finding myself, finding my game, being more consistent with the things I do well. So. And
0: what about D in particular? I mean, how much do you lean on him for advice?
5: A lot. You know, uh, he's one of the best in the game. It's, it's kind of hard not to, you know, pick his brain. And for him to, you know, give me the information that he does, you know, I'm, I'm already thankful is, is enough. So, you know, that's my definitely my big brother. Love him to death. You know, and it's crazy because we honestly, we have a lot of t- conversations about baseball, but, you know, it's, it's about other things as well because that is my brother at the end of the day, so... You know, but when it comes down to it, I can always go to him about anything. And same with dad. Oh yeah, talk to him every single day, both of them. So we go
0: from a player who will begin the year at AAA to a player who will begin the year on the Twins' 25-man roster. He will be in the Twins' opening day rotation. He missed all of last year, dealing with multiple injuries, including Tommy John surgery. He is Michael Pineda. Here's my chat with Michael Pineda. How excited are you to be here in town this weekend?
6: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very excited. So this year, my second year is coming to the Twin Fest, so I'm very excited to be here.
0: How are things health-wise? Excuse me? How are things with your
6: health? Well, I'm I'm, I'm very unhealthy right now, and... Yeah, I'm ready for compete and be good.
0: I mean, are you excited just to get out there after missing all of last year? Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. I'm very excited for this season coming. And Yeah, i am be working hard the next, last season. And this year is the year,
0: so I'm ready to go. I mean, was it just a crazy year last year, coming back from the Tommy John and then what, the knee injury?
6: Yeah, you know, it's very tough for me and... Uh, last year, I've been working hard for the old process for Tommy Young, and everything is good in September. So, and then happened a little thing with my knee. So, you know, they feel bad for me, but everything is in the past right now. So, right now, I feel great and healthy for compete, and I'm happy for that.
0: What makes you good when, when you're going strong? When we think about some of your good years with the Yankees, you know, way back with with the Seattle Mariners, when you're on your game, what is working well?
6: Well, (laughs) it's hard to tell you because when you have the good game, so everything is working good, you know? But, you know, like for me, I'm always thinking, like, learn something new every day for make me better in the game. So this is what I'm looking for right now. So try to learn something for this season you know for doing everything i can and help my team the winner what's your velocity at right now do you know what your velocity is right now oh well, uh, i'm not checking my velocity right now but uh, uh last year i'm pitching a couple of games for my reassignment, and i'm through, I'm through and hit 95 so i'm, I'm happy with that so uh, and this we training so hopefully hopefully hope, Hope he have more. <laughs> what do you know
0: about your new pitching coach, Wes Johnson?
6: Oh, well, I'm, you know, I, I don't really know him, but I had a chance for talking a little bit with him already, and he seen me play cards a couple of times, and I really like him, and he he cool guy, and, and I like it. I like it. I, I'm talking to him a couple of times, so we good. Point, we, we're good. This we're going to have a good relationship with him. We, we need it. You know, he's my pitching coach. <laughs> so
0: you excited to be in the
6: rotation with a guy like J.O. Barrios? Yeah, so that's so why I'm here, because I want to be in the rotation and help my team every five day. It's my job.
0: Fernando Romero was standing right next to Pineda, so I cut up briefly with Romero as well. How excited are you to be here this weekend? Isn't it amazing just to share moments with the guys here? Just feel good. Are you excited to get down to Fort Myers and show your stuff? Oh yeah, can wait till the days passed. What experiences did you learn being up here last year? Like,
5: I said, pitching how secure pitches, and how the guys like act around different moments.
0: If you start the year in the bullpen, are you okay with that?
5: I know no matter. You know, I can't control this situation. I'm going, I'm ready to compete.
0: I mean, the beauty is they feel like that your arm is good enough to help in some capacity, right? Well, if they give me the opportunity, I'll I'll bring my, my, my best. Are there any things you've been working on this offseason?
5: Trying to improve my changeup, just like last year.
0: And, I mean, that takes a little while to, to really hone in on, doesn't
5: it? It is. You know we're always
0: working on it. We'll wrap up with a couple newbies. Let's start with CJ Crone, Twins' new first baseman. They picked him up off waivers from the Tampa Bay Rays. I stupidly referred in my conversation with CJ about the Twins acquiring him via trade. Mixed up my transactions. They picked him up off waivers, then avoided arbitration with him, signing him this offseason to a one year deal but they do have team control of Crone in 2020 so if he has a good 2019 the twins can retain him if he doesn't have a good year in 2019 the twins can punt on him and by that point, maybe Brent Rooker is ready to take over at first base or somebody else. Anyway, here's my conversation with C.J. Crone. Outside of it being 98 below, are you excited to be
7: here right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's fun to, to meet all the guys for the first time and, and kind of get that vibe going early. Um, it's better to do it here than in spring. So I'm looking forward
0: to, to the weekend for sure. When your phone rang, what was that now going back a couple months and you found out you were being traded here, what was your reaction? Um, yeah, I was excited. Uh,
7: I knew it was shortly after Rocco got the job, so I kind of put two and two together there. I I knew it was a possible destination for sure. So when I got the call and it was all kind of settled, it was was super relieving and I couldn't have come to a better place I'm super excited and I suppose the contract was sort of floating out there but then that thing was resolved pretty quickly too yeah yeah I think uh, once they claimed me um, after what happened with the Rays I, I I had a pretty good idea they wanted they wanted me here so anytime you kind of it goes both ways I wanted to be here they wanted me and it, it made it really easy are you want to have a chip on your shoulder I mean you had a good year last year yet the Rays decided to move on I mean it is what it is it's baseball in a nutshell these days it seems like um, it was unfortunate for sure But like I said, um, it was all resolved pretty quickly. So um, I'm in a good spot, and I'm super
0: excited. Do you like the idea of hitting here at Target Field? You've had some good games here.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark. It it was always one of my favorites to come to uh, as as a visiting player, for sure. So to call it
0: home, uh, it's going to be really cool. Do you, I mean, is it too much to pigeonhole you as just a power hitter? I mean, you know, when people write up a scouting report to CJ Crohn, I mean, the power is going to jump out. But you're more than that,
7: right? yeah i like to think so i think i'm i like to use all the field um try to drive it my my main thing i pride myself on driving in guys so if i hit wherever i hit in the lineup I'll, if they're in scoring position i want to drive them in so whatever that kind of takes um i want to i want to have a good rbi total and be able to help the team in any way possible tell us about rocco i mean you know rocco as well as anybody he's awesome he's awesome he's a he's definitely a baseball guy you can tell for sure um just being around him for the one year i was he's super smart he knows a lot a ton about the game very personable um you can approach him about pretty much anything and and get an honest answer and as a player that's really all you can ask for so i'm excited to see him again i haven't seen him yet um i'm excited just to to, to shoot it with him what kind of defensive first baseman are you i think pretty solid i think it's um a little underrated to be honest um I think, I think I make all the plays a first baseman should make. Uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. If that's what it is, um, I'm ready for it.
0: We wrap up this Twins-heavy scoop podcast with my conversation with new pitching coach. He's from the University of Arkansas, Wes Johnson. Wes, you are the first individual to go from college to Major League Pitching coach. I mean, what's your reaction when I, when I say that? Um,
8: it is, you know, it's humbling for me. Uh, I look back at my career and where i 've been and all the people who have influenced me and you know helped me develop as not only a person but as a coach it 's very very humbling and then you know i can 't say enough about Derek and Thad and opportunity they 've given me here and you know the vision that they have for where the twins need to uh, where they think twins need to be and then I think this decision was for me uh, making this jump was a, a big big part of it was Rocco too a very calming. Uh, really interested in all the things I do and wants those as well, and so I think that that helped as well.
0: when you say things you do, expound on that what are those things that you do um, i 'm
8: uh, rocco 's a lot the same way as well we 're not conventional, so we we teach off of data uh, and analytics, but we also have a field to understand that there 's still a subject a little bit of subjectiveness to this game. Um, with that being said that makes it easier when, when your manager in your front office and everybody's in line with what you're doing it makes this jump for me like I say uh, a lot easier how
0: about those people that influenced you you said that there's there's a number of people that have influenced you who are some of those people oh
8: my gosh uh, guys I could talk a long time about that uh you know Brent Strom one of, is one of the coaches with Houston Astros pitching coach there who's been a big influence on me I think about just the head coaches I've worked for I mean Dave Van Horn at Arkansas and John Cohen at, at Mississippi State, Dan Heathner at, at uh, Dallas Baptist University, all of those guys. A guy named Alan Gum, a lot of people don't know about Alan, but or maybe they do. He's at Central Arkansas, big influence in my career.
0: Uh, but th- those people have been huge for me. As you've started to study the Twins pitchers, what what stands out to you?
8: I'm really excited about where we're at. I think we got some guys who are hungry. Uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Heffner, our, our bullpen coach, and myself have been flying around seeing guys. Uh, since I got the job, I'm watching them throw and throwing with them, and I guess the thing that, that's exciting about this this staff right now is that I'm getting to know them. Is they they are hungry, and uh, we got some guys who I think are out to to prove you know prove some things, and that's always a good place to be.
0: Who have you seen? I mean, we're we talking Barrios, Gibson. Uh, well, no, no
8: Jake Odorizzi. So we'll go with that. Um, Big Mike Pineda. I've spent some time with Big Mike. Blake Parker, another guy we just signed. Um, Matt McGill, Steven Gonzalez, um, am missing one or two, uh, Tyler Duffy. Um, uh, they're slipping in my mind right now as
0: fast as I can. Yeah, like I mean, ever... so you've been going all across the country here then.
8: Uh, coach Heffner or Jeremy Heffner and I've been going around seeing these guys and yeah, so it's been good.
0: Is this about the time of the year when guys are starting to ramp up? Yeah.
8: Most of these guys, uh, so when we started like, uh, let's take Matt McGill was the first guy we saw. It was his first bullpen. Um, and the guys that we've just now, as we continue to see them more and more, they're getting two to three bullpens under their belt. Uh, obviously not up to full speed, uh, but getting down that mound. Uh, you know, the guys are starting to ramp up because, as everybody knows, we, we pitchers and catchers report the 13th. we got a split squad doubleheader the first day. So they're going to have to be ready.
0: Are there some philosophies that you buy into from a pitching coach standpoint? Like, are there certain things that are quantifiable to us as we watch Twins pitchers February, March, April, May, June? Oh,
8: absolutely. Um, you know, For me, everything's about momentum for our guys. So I want our guys to be very athletic in their delivery, if, if that's the kind of things you're asking me, with a lot of momentum. Uh, I want them to be athletic, and I, I want them to be fearless out there. So those, I think, are some things that you'll see that, that will do really well.
0: You like the depth. I mean, I'm just thinking about the AAA rotation. I mean, you're going to have three, four, five guys at AAA that could easily be in your major league rotation.
8: Yeah, and, you know, I think that was important when, when uh, Jeremy Hefner and I went around. That's why I wanted to go see a Cole Stewart and a Steven Gonzalez who could potentially be our future, right? Um, we, when you really look at things on paper, you know, they've got to go out and do it. But, no, our depth is, is something that can get you really excited. It's going to be tough to make this club.
0: New Twins pitching coach, Wes Johnson. One other note that just came into my cell phone. Chris Nunn, who pitched partly with the Saints last year, then got picked up by the Astros organization. There was a viral video That was floating out there the last week, week and a half of him throwing 99 miles per hour. Anyway, the Twins offered him a minor league deal, but he told them no. He turned down some other opportunities, and he signs a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers. But the Twins had interest in the former St. Paul Saint, Chris Nunn, a lefty who recently threw 99 miles per hour. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 198. Always
9: appreciate you listening. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue The Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new there are some interesting storylines going on and for me one of them is let's call it a shift in expectations because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson this purportedly strong 2023 draft class and going hey we could be a part of that and that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs both teams are over 500 with some nice wins and this isn't fluky they're playing well so far and and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast.